This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching The High Ground. I'm Van Velding, and I have been fighting a guerrilla war against this episode since it originally aired. I'm Derek, and this is my first time in this guerrilla war. You ready? Yep. And three, two, one, engage. So, uh, what I really like about this opening shot is that it's just, it's just one unbroken scene. You see Clive Owen, he goes in. He's walking along the bus. You have this established <laughs> 21st century. It took me, it took me a second <laughs> because I was thinking like, wait a minute, hold on. This is just a normal like start. Oh, I see. <laughs> and it's London. Uh, you know, everything's dirty, but there's still like that futuristic element sort of sprinkled around there. So you don't even think about it. He says nothing in this entire scene. Um <laughs> And then, you know, he gets his coffee and you have the TV and he watches the TV. And, you, like, you understand that he's, like, this cynical guy and everyone's all, like, invested. Oh, there we go. Oh. See, this is annoying to me because this is supposed to be a terrorist bombing, right? Um, yeah. And the the bomb is given a beat. <laughs> because <laughs> Data's like, hey, we got to go. And then Bev was like, oh, sure, no problem. Waiter, beat, Boom. And say, yeah. no, that's not how you introduce uh, a terrorist conflict. It's supposed, just like a terrorist bomb, it should interrupt some human moment. Uh, but you didn't do that. You gave it a whole beat because you're dumb. Yeah. I, um, I like that the Starfleet officers know nothing about this conflict, but they will immediately rush in to help yeah. people. Well, this is another thing that's frustrating, too. It's like, okay, um, like it, it's like this cast that comes in and out telling Beverly things. Like, you see this? Like, where... Yeah. You know, uh, first it was Worf, and then he went off and did a thing. Then this dude just sat down and said, hey, he's right, and then walks off. And then Data, like, tells her a thing and then gets faded out of the scene. It's just, like, it it feels weird to me. I I can't put my finger on it. I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, I mean, it it seems a little stilted, but that's, that's that's the issue. This is a Beverly episode, Yeah. and nothing matters except Beverly healing these people. Yeah, um, I just feel like that could have been the, the execution was somewhat poor. Like they could have done that a little bit different. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're going to get people like giving her things and then going off to doing something else, have a group come to her and like maybe protect her and and then like go off to do other different things. Yeah, um, we've moved away in the first season of everyone being really bad at their jobs, but yeah. Worf and Data are both on like high alert here. Couldn't yeah, be yeah. higher alert. Yeah. And they're like, ah, man. And Worf <laughs> wanders off to get some stuff instead of pointing to two of the, the residents and just being like, hey, get some stuff. And then, like, that's <laughs> yeah. what people do in an emergency. You can just tell, like, looky-loos to do stuff, and they'll generally do stuff, especially oh, no, if you're sure. fucking clean. And, and sometimes, especially if you're the expert or you're, you know what to do and other people don't know what to do, the best thing is to give them something to do. Because it takes their mind off of what's happening. Yeah. Um, I've been in a similar situation before where someone was super worried and I just gave them something to do because uh, otherwise they would just get super upset about it. Yeah. And just cause more problems. <laughs> yeah. And of course, then, of course, you have a rush, a stampede of civilians who block their line of sight on this. But still, yeah. I mean, come on, Dave, you're some kind of robot. Take the yeah, show, no, right? Like, don't you, a- don't you, yeah, don't you have like some kind of reticule over your eye or something? Like, oh no, I, um, I always uh, qualify my marksman classes uh, within a millimeter of perfect accuracy. Yeah, 
I just, if Data and Worf look at each other and Data shrugs, like, puts his phaser on wide-angle stun and just sets up a blockade for the civilians while Worf <laughs> takes the shot. Yeah. Just, see, okay, I would totally watch, like, the training, like, the training that Worf and Data go through, where Data is just this cold machine that's like, all right, I'll just stun them all. And then Worf's like, thank you, you set up my shot, Data. Bam. <laughs> Roll credits. That'd be all. That'd be all. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's that's how the Renegade would have handled this. We haven't thrown to trial of Scott in a long time, but that's how Scott's crew. That's how it would have gone down for her guys. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, stun the civilians, save the doctor. All right, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's it's but out of that that whole scene, like that whole kind of conflict, I feel like it was a little bit um, clumsy, but. I get what's going on. I get. Yeah. I get that. It's oh no! It's oh no! Ter- Star Trek has to deal with terrorism now. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's worth mentioning that uh, the bomber mentioned like a sec. Not the bomber. Not the bomber. The a security guy mentions a second bomb, which is like a real strategy. Um, they, you know, we we wouldn't have thought about it a lot in 1989, 1990 when this episode takes place, but. Uh, there were a lot of bombings happening in the world. There was a lot of terrorism. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You had the so. the, the, the IRA and then a few other you know organizations that were just bombing the heck out of people. Um, Lockerbie bombings, um, Flight One Seventy Seven, I think. Yep. Uh, was the most recent one. Uh, Eighty three, I think you had the barracks bombings of the Marine barracks in Beirut, I believe. Um, so, but generally, Americans didn't think about this. This is a this is an episode that we approach with quite a bit of, of distance. Well, I think Americans. Well, and and this is kind of interesting too because the narrative. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll get to it when it gets there. But there, we have a responsibility to to think about it. Um, we're, and, and if we don't, that doesn't remove us of our culpability. Um, and I think we we have. You, you, there, there are people that don't want you to think about it because they don't want criticism for a thing that they're doing that's probably very shady. Believe it or not, this is not Charles Shaughnessy, the dad from the nanny. I, I just want <laughs> to put that out there. Okay, no, there's, there's no way. That is totally the dad from the nanny. <laughs> well, you don't catch it at first, but um, every dude on this planet has a white streak in their hair. Yeah, I figured it was like a, a side effect of like the transport thing that they do. Like I thought that was the deal. Even the security bros, which I appreciate them putting a lady in charge of the oppressive security foes. Yeah. At the same she even time... She has, like, some mad mini suspenders, too. Yeah. She, uh... I, I kind of wish it was Claudia Christian from Babylon 5, because it's, it's that type. Yeah. But uh, she does good. Everyone's fine in this. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't decide if the white streak is, like, a... Um, if it's a side effect of the transporting deal, or if it's just kind of like, hey, we show solidarity because our leader has a white streak in his hair. No, it's 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 the race thing. Security guys have it too. Oh, and okay. I, I totally but, didn't see that. Okay. By ha- by having the security because they wear helmets, and our our security person's a chick, so we establish this thing about the race, but then we don't show it consistently, which is unfortunate. I was like, wait, what is happening? I'm like, oh yeah, his mom. Okay, I already know. Look at Which this. The genius doesn't know what a bargaining chip is. <laughs> I mean, he does not. Chip. He's Dude, not well versed in the dehumanization of people for geopolitical goals. But he understands what a bargaining chip is. He knows the word bargaining chip. He can use through context clues. I mean, come on. 
The dude can yeah. take apart the warp drive and tell you how to put it back together over the phone. But like, he's not people smart. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fine. It's, oh, okay, I f- fine. We should just go back to the standard of having Troy not knowing what the fuck is going no, on. No, I'm not so people saying can that. Tell I'm just saying it's goofy. It's like, you can totally put... I know the point is like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. You could have done that with a different line than like, what's a warning chip? <laughs> I like this, though, because it does two things. It gives him something to do and also utilizes his expertise. Yeah. Um, that's good commanding. You know, because he's like, I want to go on a weight team. He's like, well, of course you do, kid. It's your mom. But you're not, you're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, oh, is that of... what he needs? <laughs> I'm sorry. My officer's class never told me that. Thank you, Troy. Yeah. So it sets us up for, you know, the notion that having the world's largest military doesn't let you fight terrorism that effectively. Yeah, which is why terrorism is kind of a go-to move. Um, yeah. They'll mention to it a few times that... They'll kind of imply it a few times where he says, like, fear is a great weapon and, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter kind of jazz. Yeah. So, so I, this is interesting. We're setting up the narrative here, too, of these two sides. Um, you know, anytime it's it's easy, you know... Like, the first order of business to make a person easier to kill is to dehumanize them. Call them animals, tell them they don't, they're fanatics, they don't know anything. And you stop thinking about them as a person with motivations, and you start thinking about them as just this one-dimensional thing that you point a trigger and it, doesn't, it didn't deserve to live in the first place. Um, uh, and so that kind of sets up this, I think, uh, conflict that they're gonna, when they start doing the both sides thing. I think it's it's telling that she says she can't understand them. And yeah. she's not trying to figure out their motivations. Her entire approach as a consistent character has simply been to, to fight the symptoms yeah. and not worry about the rationale. And so, you know, the, the, the rough part about this kind of situation, to my thinking, is that you have a lot of situations in which you're going to react emotionally. Um, but the best thing to do is react out logically, but it's hard to do that when people are dying in front of you. And the, the problem with like the, the standard playbook in these sort of things in real life of just dehumanizing your target is that it removes the ability for, well not removes, but it clouds the, the ability for humans to have empathy with others. And that's really the key thing you need to resolve conflicts like this, is empathy for humans. The The unspoken conflict here is that, uh, is that you know, whatever these demands are, either Finn lacks popular support or um, the government is simply not listening to that popular support. Right. And maybe this episode's a little stronger for not getting bogged down in that minutia. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah... That, I, I definitely feel as if they have some like this episode has messages it wants to say and it's on a fast track to it. Like it is not it is not it's pacing for whatever it is, it's pacing's pretty good. It has the effects of a TNG episode, but the pacing of a TOS episode. <laughs> I'm not I'm not satisfied with how much ground we cover, really. It's it's a fine episode. It's not satisfying though. And the writers felt the same way. This was they supposed feel to like be... They didn't feel like the episode was satisfying? They don't like it. Um, I mean, it's not the... good science fiction, really. It's just a, it's an interesting story, but not science fiction. 
Yeah, they wanted to have a good science fiction thrust to a lot of the episodes, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, and then talk about the humanistic issues later. Yeah. And you'll see Voyager does the message followed by science fiction. Look at and... that butt. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now I'm, I'm kind of rambling and we should keep this stuff snappy. So there's no science fiction idea behind here. The, right. the super transporter is only there to provide to put them on equal footing with the Enterprise. Oh yeah, that reminds me. We get some great A technical babble in this episode. Um which is is pretty surprising. Like I I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen like a lot of techno babble like together. And I was curious at what point in time is the concept of techno babble kind of floated and connected to Star Trek? Is it the original series or do we have it later in TNG or It's definitely TNG. Okay. It's this is you know, we've, we've been doing it because we've always had technical things. Like, Data had, like, a temporal anomaly. He had put antimatter into it to fix it for reasons. Yeah. It will get worse as this series go on goes on. Yeah. I mean, more intense, yes, but also just worse. Uh, I hope you like this cave set. It's a good one. <laughs> we have seen a lot, it sounds like. Well, we've already seen it. The gatherers were here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is So, true. look at good these point. wall gratings. Look at those, like, three-sided cell phone towers in the back. They're not in this shot, but... Yeah, um, but we should talk about the episode now. He wants her to yeah. heal his people. Yeah, so uh, it, this them. is kind of interesting. You know, I don't know if if Crusher is trying to kind of like I don't know what the protocol is for Starfleet when you're captured, or if even like oh we're not going to be captured, we got teleporters. Um, which if I'm if I understand, they can't get her signal, which is in her communicator, because they're shielded. Like, mm-hmm. um, but. Later on in this episode, they're going to totally just teleport into a part of this. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was trying to, like, hey, I need established contact. I mean, supplies for my ship. And it's like, ah, no, I got you your supplies. And he's like, ah, damn. Foiled again. Yeah, because they, they broke into the dispensary. Yeah. Or they have a guy on the inside, which they never really discussed. Look at those. Look at those suspenders, man. That is, like, some quality. Like, I'm in upper management in the 90s suspenders. <laughs> yeah, sometimes... To go to the present, the future of the present, you have to go to the future of the past. And that is some straight up 70s glitter. That <laughs> yeah, is, uh, for sure. It's like, well, we could just make them just some flat navy blue suspenders. No, man. What are you talking about? This is the future. Give me the silver glitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and buttons. I'm just going to put a big button on it. <laughs> Why? That doesn't really make sense for suspenders. It's the future, man. Suspenders are part of the pants, so you have to put them on with the buttons instead of the... <laughs> The regular suspender. Oh clips. yeah, the, like the clip things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I like. I mean, she's well humanized, and they really stumble on Finn. So. Yeah, 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 and um, I mean, the only thing they kind of give you from Finn is like, well, I remember when I had a kid who was thirteen and died, and like you, you think about, okay, yeah, later she'll talk about her predecessors and how people would just go into the police. Uh, would go into detention cells and then just mysteriously vanish. Um, and so you assume that Finn's kid was one of those that mysteriously vanished. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this. Or he probably just rose up the ranks or people died or whoever. Right. I... This is another thing. This is another thing that's interesting too. It's like, oh, um, you killed a group of kids. It's like, hey, look, we didn't actually want to. We want to kill other people. Um, as if this notion of there are some people that are okay to kill and some people that are not okay to kill. It's like, what if, and hear me out here, 
killing is bad. <laughs> well, the issue is that you, if you're engaging in a military campaign and terrorism is an extension of war by other means, then you understand that there are military targets which will get you what you're looking for. I mean, even if you bomb a cafe full of I Nazis. Mean, but that's just, that's the sanitation side of it. Like, that's the just, hey, look, we've, we've civilized war, so you can only do certain things. But if, if, you're, if you're, your solution is, hey, it's time to kill folks, um, have you really, like, is any of that civilized? I mean, not really. You're using violence as a means to an end, and that's condemnable insofar as, you know, we'd prefer to settle things through um, intelligence and reason, but in that you've chosen to use violence to achieve your end, violence which doesn't achieve your end is considered malicious. It's uh, self I mean, I get that. I mean, you know, that makes sense. I'm just saying that you're, uh, you're not going to, um, like, whether it's considered malicious, like, that's kind of a uh, arguments in the eye of the beholder kind of deal like vi the violence that you inflict on military combatants can be seen as just as malicious but I mean it's I guess six in one hand half dozen the other yes. so I guess this is where we this is where we get like the um, the other shoe drops like oh we know what they're doing now they're dimensional shifting and everyone's dying because yeah. They're essentially kind of like suicide bombers, but on a time delay. That's um, you know, that's a cool technology to have that we never see again, even though it's oh, really? super awesome. <laughs> Be like, hey guys, we're fighting. I don't know, just to pick the name of an evil empire, the Dominion. Wouldn't it be cool if we could just dimensionally shift teams of Cleons aboard their ships? Cleons <laughs> don't give a fuck. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the, okay. as long as those dudes are fighting, they'll be fine with it. Yeah, or at the very least, just be like. Five shifts. A new movie from Paramount Pictures. Every warrior <laughs> has five shifts before they're retired. It will be enough to beat the Dominion. And it's like, like a thing. But cool. anyway, all this techno babble is like got got my head spinning. I do cool. kind of like this. How he's like, come on. I was, I had, I had physics. I, it was a, a guy. It was a guy in physics. Yeah. So and that's cool because Wesley goes to school and Jordy doesn't read academic papers. Yeah, yeah, because I'm an engineer, damn it. I make things work. That's a fair point. The theory. Data, where were you on this one? Actually, no. <laughs> we're we're glad we're glad Wesley's doing this. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, and it's an essential yeah, here we go. Scene. standard. Yeah. But God, I, I sensed some plot devices happening. I was wondering. <laughs> I'll move it along. Yes. I'll, oh yes, irrational people. Data. Okay. Switch. An adaptive subspace echogram. We're gonna just echogram the whole reality. <laughs> Adaptively, they're going to use some machine learning. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, um, all right, reality. Uh, when was the last time you've had your echogram? <laughs> oh, you're thinking mammogram, Derek. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. So, <laughs> so Picard puts it together, and because yeah. he realizes why they needed Doctor Crusher, yeah, to fix their broken stuff. Yeah, I don't know why I totally didn't see the whole white stripe thing on everybody. You're not paying attention. I guess you're not they're all dressed the same. They're stupid NPCs. No one pays attention to them. That's also true. So you're looking at Riker, you're looking at her, and you're looking at the suspect yeah, that just brought was, in who's yeah, inside. Yeah, I guess, like, it's only on the males. And so when I yeah. saw that it wasn't on her, I was like, oh, okay, well, then maybe it's just the... Maybe it's, like, a, a group thing. Exactly. Put, put women into positions of power, yes. But you're trying to define a species here that we are all going to forget about next week. 
So like I would totally like be fine with like the the guys have a white stripe and the girls have like a brown stripe or something. Oh, they do. <laughs> oh wow. Dude, I totally okay, the lady in the background that. does. I guess. Yeah. Wow, you can and barely she see that. Does like the lighting just kind of totally yeah. washes it out? I guess. I did not catch that, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, me either. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, it'd be neat. Oh crap, it's really happening. <laughs> no, I mean, good, good catch. Getting that the exact moment there are two women and Frank. Yeah, that, look, that's look, pretty that, fucking. Now rare. it's everywhere. I can't stop yeah. seeing it. <laughs> so yeah, so again, they dimensionalize these guys as being the bad guys, which I, the villain's name is Flynn. Yeah. So surprising nobody, this is about the troubles, which were still ongoing in Ireland. This is uh. This is probably one of the funniest lines in this episode. Here it comes. <laughs> so yeah, because she, she we're back in the base and she's learning that Finn can draw now. Yeah. <laughs> so she just, you know, you should be an artist and not a terrorist. And he goes, I can do both. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, and just like, not no inflection. I can do both. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, She call, he calls her an idealist as almost as if he used to be an idealist. And maybe that's the whole art thing. Like, oh, I was just a, I was just a creative emo kid until my kid died. And then now I just became a ruthless war despot. Yeah. So now, I mean, she actually has Scottish heritage, but whatever. They're not going to hit this nail on the head too much and bring up Irish yeah. stuff. They're pushing that hard enough anyway. But so, this is interesting. So he's bringing up the point, point that's like, oh, yeah, you know, um, there's nothing, there's no difference between um, your warriors and terrorists. It's just whoever gets to write the history. Yeah. And there is some difference, um, despite things I mentioned earlier, terrorists will target civilians to affect um, the attitudes of the populace. Well, I mean, we do too. We just call it, we just say oopsie afterwards. Um, that oopsie, however superficial, <laughs> is a big difference. It continues <laughs> the pretext it of using military. The pretext of using military force as an as an end, uh, as a means, and not an end unto itself. So, and that's yeah. that's the issue with Flynn here is that he's just too comfortable with the violence. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, you know, I think that you know he's also kind of used the saying like, "Hey, look." You're um, you're using violence and you don't even know about it. Um, like you know, that's kind of what he's saying is like, oh, you get to enjoy all the nice things of your ideal culture, but how did you get there? You got there through violence. So, how, you know, you, you're gonna condemn me after the fact. Like, then how am I supposed to do this when I'm facing an intractable enemy? Yeah, fair question. Qu yeah, um, and indeed, the enterprise is so powerful most of the time. Like they can just kind of show up. Actually, that's not true. People fuck with the Enterprise all the time. Like even even the most shoddy ships are like, we're going to fight you, Enterprise. And the Enterprise is like, really? Yeah, really. Do we have to do this now? <laughs> like I have a place to be. I have supplies to deliver. Yeah, this is a pretty mild interrogation. Uh, yeah, I mean, she and I like how she's like, you know, I could like rough them up for you, <laughs> no problems. Where she's like, yeah. no, it's fine. I, I, I did an internship on a Klingon ship. I'll, I'll, uh, I can rough them up myself if I like. Well, you know, there's an issue that during, during the Troubles, they, uh, the British actually released a report criticizing their own interrogation methods, which were military interrogation methods, um, yeah. in terms of, it was like Guantanamo-level stuff. Yeah. Um, wait, Guantanamo? Yes, Guantanamo. Not, not the, the actual crappy prison where they made naked pyramids. Um, Abu Ghraib, not Abu Ghraib, oh. uh, not Abu Ghraib, Guantanamo. There we are. Okay. Making sure I'm not messing up. 
American military fuck-ups. Um, I'm sorry, American <laughs> prisoner there, prisoner fuck-ups. Of which there are many. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, yeah, no, the British did that kind of stuff pretty hardcore during, during the Troubles. Um, I tried to research that, but... Uh, after reading the Wikipedia, it's it's actually fairly sympathetic towards the IRA. So I'm just, I I basically feel like I did no um, credible research on that. Well, I mean, you were using Wikipedia in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you go okay. The actually, we got to talk about this because speaking of yeah. that, this yeah. scene, I, I think this episode at different parts hasn't been played, haven't been played in Britain at different times simply because of the listing of Ireland in this this litany oh, of terrorist actions. So, okay, so when he talks about, like, even, it's a retro-futuristic thing, isn't it? Like, Irish unification of 2024, I think? Right. And Which was like, that's not even, like, a thing. You just said Ireland in a future thing, and now you can't put it in Britain? That's yeah, weird. but it, it's within the context of, but sometimes terrorism work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, fair. and to say, hey, look, this is all going to work. Um, yeah, and, you know, and that's... It's a 35-year prediction, and they managed to get it yeah. done in Ireland in 10, I think. Yeah. They reached an agreement. Not not, not a full unification, but an agreement. Well, I mean, um, you were saying the Irish unification of 2024 was uh, was something that... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. He was talking about, like, the... All right, at first I thought he was saying this is an incident, like a named incident in which terrorism was used, but he was talking about this is an incident in which terrorism yielded positive results. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so this is a little bit on the nose in terms of this guy just walking in here. Yeah. Uh, his the other thing, and, too, that's yeah. funny is, like, he doesn't ask him any questions about how he found his thing. He's just like, hey, um, the Federation is totally working with these guys. They're being jerks. Yeah, Federation are jerks. Guess what? <laughs> We're going to destroy your uh, ship. Wait, what? Like, you just walked over here yeah. four, four steps and decided to destroy a thing? Like, you didn't even ask any questions. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's the, it represents well the half-informed jump-to-conclusions. Yeah, sort both of, sides have. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Because, like, but, you know, you don't, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I like that. It's a classic doctor response. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, hey, yeah, and it, yeah, and you, that, that definitely draw. I like how they give her, like, some, and I don't know if it's just shorthand, like, I, yeah. I don't know enough real doctors who are in, like, combat zones to know, if, like, doctors are actually this way yeah. but I just love that she's like oh I could fix that for you right now stop using it dummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just what would have made that better if he's like oh I can fix that right now if it's like oh really yeah stop using it <laughs> oh <Yeah. laughs> like he just bought into it just a little bit so in here Dr. Crusher is a woman who's just caught in the middle of this yeah and yeah. her kids are on the line and it's a perfect representation of the regular civilians who are caught in this right. conflict. Her, yeah, no, for sure. You know, and he's like, listen, and you know, here's his rationalization. Like, hey, no, I didn't, I am just a function of violence. Your federation is the one that did this, not me. And it's like, oh, wow, that's some great cognizance you have there. I mean, um, you understand his point, but he's still choosing yeah. to fight for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, and, and it kind of does make you wonder, or at least it makes me wonder, <laughs> um, about the federation... Like, okay, they we're going to give medical no one, supplies. No one's going to cry fire? No one's going to call in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Just anything? Like, use your communicator at all? 
Just, I mean, hell. She, she Jordy, ran away. She got to cover. Yeah, Jordy uses his communicator as he's being shot at while he's diving to the ground. Yeah. It's about to happen, and it's pretty pro, if you ask me. <laughs> Jordy gets some great action scenes, but only yeah. within like a five-meter radius of this door. Yeah. Like the, big, the big one, the big thing. Look. So... Yep. Like there goes bam. <laughs> He's like action dive security. <laughs> There's a little door back there, Jordy. You use a little door. Yeah. Um. See, I see. I do. This have... is kind of this is kind of like a hey, all hands on deck. You know, like we have intruders kind of scene, and it's kind of yeah. meh. Like it's very. I know it's very choreographed. You don't get a yeah. sense of. Um, like, yeah. Choreographed is a oh, good they... word for it. You understand that people move purposefully to demonstrate things for the audience. Right, right. It's very deliberate. It's very, oh, look at this action scene. And that, <laughs> I would rather err on that side of an action scene personally, but I totally right. get people not um, not wanting this this messy, frenetic, people are doing stuff sort of scene. Yeah, um, so this is kind of interesting. They've fixed it somehow with some sort of, Magnet or glue? <laughs> uh, some kind of some kind of something. I don't know. <laughs> Balana. Oh, it's some kind of something. Uh, so yeah, but he's. I like that. There's a little engineering kit out there. Yeah. That doesn't feel contrived. It feels like they were working. It's oh, a yeah, workspace. Sure. Yeah, tools it's a out. tool. And what I also love about this is that he's gonna say lock onto my signal because he's doing this, and then um, you're gonna hear Troy like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> because she thinks that he's gonna hold it. His yeah. signal. And, and she the, thinks like, wait, no, you can't. You can't like, put up. him in this space. Like, no, he's smart. We're gonna do. His, we're gonna trust Jordy. All right. And then, right. I, I think it's great they trust Jordy, but I gotta count down to a thing because the thing's about to happen, and then I need to count. Okay. More terrorists are gonna are gonna appear on board, and then I'm gonna count one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, we almost got to nine. That's how long it took Worf to fire a phaser at the intruders on the bridge. Worf, you're always talking about how much you would love uh, combat, and that was like your perfect shot. Yeah, thanks, Data. By the way, where were yeah. you with the freaking yeah, uh, like Kenner Ryu helicopter kick to this lady's face? <laughs> yeah, like, you're supposed to be like speed. a robot. Yeah. Like, he should just rip up part of that arc and beat a dude with it. It's like, you're Data, come on. <laughs> a little wooden thing would, in the Okay, back. that would be awesome. If, like, <laughs> so, if there was just... Because, like, we normally get, like, like Data's superhuman strength is being helpful. Like, he never yeah. decides to do it, like, of his own accord. It's usually like, oh, there's a conflict. I need to resolve it with my superhuman strength. And it just is kind of... That's how it flows. Yeah. It would just be so funny if, like, he just has this aggressive moment where he takes off half of, like, a panel... Like, that no human should be able to, like, rip up off the ground and just beat to do with it. And everyone looks at him like, what? <laughs> it's like, damn, Data, we didn't, we didn't realize you were a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like how folks are milling around with tricorders and stuff, making this look like a crime scene. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's not too bad. I mean, a little bit of tape. Down, down to the part where Picard gets kidnapped from would be great. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, just, like, a shape of, like, how Picard, his silhouette when he was teleported (laughs) so um so this is kind of good he's like hey given him a given uh beverly's situation report because he knows that she's concerned an an underrated element of this episode is the lack of information which yeah uh, for sure i don't know if star trek ever does at this level again without without it being like a plot type farcial thing we're like oh if only two people knew things 
the the lack of information is incidental here and it colors so much of what these guys do uh in yeah. their actions because they don't know things and they kind of fill it up or they they try to avoid filling it up when you talk about beverly and, and the way she Will. delivers that line he's had good role models i like i didn't know if that was a jab at picard or if that was like a compliment it's a compliment well he said i'm sorry and like she just said, like, I'm sorry, and I thought that maybe she was talking about his father, and he's responsible for killing his father, right? Yeah, I so guess. I didn't know, I didn't know kind of where that was supposed to land. I just assumed, I, I gave them a bit of a doubt, I'm like, oh yeah, everyone that's raising Wesley is his role model, and they're all good people. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it is a bit much they have to use the inverter to get in here, that seems pretty bad. Yeah, it's so. like, hey, there's, here's the thing that will poison you every time you use it. Hey, let's make it a doorway. <laughs> okay cool <laughs> I mean I get using it for operations and stuff but yeah for sure yeah like have a well or something you know yeah put so Wayne Manor here, on top of this it. is at this point in time you know we, we have Wesley saying hey look I can track them to their power source the second they use it again um, and so uh, here we're getting from Beverly like yeah there are no exits so we're basically in some kind of subterranean cavity with no exits and we've been told yeah. that it's been shielded so what my mind is thinking is like, okay, cool. They're going to do some sort of something that allows them to thread a sick, like a teleporter signal through like the core to this cavity and they're going to teleport in there. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. They just teleport in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Like I thought you said, you said you couldn't do it before because there were, sh- I don't understand. They couldn't find her combat because it was shielded. But now that they know where it is, they can just beam in eh, blind, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't, so. yeah, that just doesn't seem legit. Like I think it would have been cool. Because like it's it's a it's a um, it's some signal of some kind, right? So presumably, you can remove the shielding in like a, a very small way, like so create a small tunnel that you can beam your teleporter through, and then and it would have just been a nice little sciency thing to be like you could have explained it in three sentences, and mm-hmm. that's why you can get into the shielded area. Um, but what's interesting to me too is that like your. Uh, you know, they, they don't lock... I remember when I first heard, like, lock onto his signal, and I thought it was just, like, the biorhythms of that person. Um, and it took me a while to watch Star Trek before I realized, oh, they're talking about the communicator, like, the signal of the communicator. Everyone's got a unique signal. Yeah. I do have a lot of questions about the communicator. Like, in terms of... There's a giant emergency. People are attacking the bridge. People are attacking engineering. And then everyone's shouting at the transporter chief suddenly. It's like, how do those communications <laughs> even work? Yeah. O'Brien's like, oh, I got to beam Jordy off the ship? Yeah, I'm about ready to do that if one more person shouts at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. Like, yeah. you know, the uh, if anyone has ever used Hangouts or Discord uh, and just had open mics, they will know the frustration of two people talking at the same time. Yeah, no, most, most unbelievable technology in Star Trek, fucking high-fidelity communicators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with no overlap. <laughs> Like, I'd love someone like key their communicator. No, shut up. I'm, oh yeah, Captain. Yeah. Like he's just so, like there's just this goofy overlap of audio. Yeah, we did miss Finn's entire master plan, yeah, which also takes down American foreign policy. Of you guys want to trade with people, but you want to do economic business with people who are using those benefits to yeah to oppress oppress people slash fight terrorism. So, yeah, 
Yeah, and dude, th- that's a good point. It's like you can't, you don't get to just have your cake and eat it too. Um, your actions have consequences, and yeah. it's important to recognize that even if you're like, oh, I'm not a war guy. Um, yeah, America does war things, but whatever. Um, because America does war things, every civilian can be seen as culpable. And I'm not saying that to like make people feel guilty. Well, I guess I am. But uh, I, just that you have to understand that that's a consequence of us allowing such policy to be fine. I, I just think that instead of using the dimensional transporter for Finn to appear in front of Troy, which you know kills him a little bit, yeah. I think maybe he could just send a Segway with the iPad taped to the front <laughs> yeah. of it with FaceTime. Yeah, he's like, like yeah. hello, that's a, hello, that's citizen. That's a really good point. <laughs> like, how, like, it's a dimensional transporter. Couldn't they have just like put a like a a tube? <laughs> like, all right, send this tube over there, and some will find it. I'm sure. Like, they didn't have to. Oh well, this is going to take another five years off your life. <laughs> like, well, I'm going to do it to deliver this message. That's not going to help me at all. I tell you what, Worf, we'll all beam down and you can beam down nine fucking seconds afterwards. <laughs> Come on, man. His leg hurts. Come Slow draw like. Rojinko. That's who he is. <laughs> it was an off day. You know, his, his fingers were numb. He had, to, he, had to, he had to give some orders before he could draw. He was prior, different priorities. I, I believe the uh, he had to compose an entire letter to his next of kin. He just the the standard issue excuse is that Worf had a cold. So oh, there yeah. we go. Oh, okay. uh-huh. Yeah, everything's slower when you have a cold. Michael That's Dorn should do should do goddamn Advil commercials or whatever you take for colds. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Tamiflu, cold and flu. Yeah. Michael like, Dorn hey. should do Tamiflu commercials. Yeah, hey Beverly, um, it's me again, Finn. Um, you know, I really have a crush on you, but I'm gonna have to kill Picard probably, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Did you just walk in here to tell me that you're gonna kill my friend? Like, okay, cool, cool story, bro. Like, I think he's trying to be nice here, but then the other alternative is that maybe he just he does have feelings for her, but he always has to be in control. So there's always this veiled threat and this reminder of their power dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, there, I think kind of what you said before makes sense, but it is kind of poorly executed that they're trying to show him as like a, hey, I'm used to doing. See, look, he talks about fear, yeah, and and then he says like, oh, it's a great weapon, um, and yeah, it's a good one, yeah, yeah. And so they're trying and, to give him like this air of like, I'm used to be problems and so he kind of absentmindedly talks about this stuff that normal people don't talk about but they just yeah. don't execute it well but that's his life yeah and she's like oh fear's the only weapon you have and it's like yeah that's how terrorism works and it's bad but you failed to make me hate terrorists and let me tell you star trek the next generation that's a low bar to pass <laughs> that is a super low bar <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to do the math for you but 2018 is greater than 2001 and you failed to make me hate terrorists like yeah I mean, like, again, they don't have to be... He's artsy. I drew you like one of my French girls. And that's that's such a quirk thing. Like, roll 1d10 and give this NPC a quirk. Yeah. Likes drawing. Yeah, likes drawing. So I... And you can tell those drawings were, like, printed out. Like, they're totally not drawn. Like, no one drew that. It was just, like, someone else drew it digitally and printed it out. Yeah. I I find it real strange. (laughs) I... Um... 
again, not that you don't dislike Finn, but that you have not sufficiently criticized the emotional underpinnings of terrorism to, to give yeah, this episode like intellectual heft. Like, they've just yeah, failed. You definitely, yeah, you definitely have to kind of do both. Like, if you're going to do both sides of it, you have to kind of characterize both sides and then show the benefits and air quotes and flaws of both as well. Hello, I'm a six-foot-tall Cleon wearing a bright orange shirt with a spangly <laughs> sash. Yeah, Ignore and, me! <laughs> okay, so the other thing about this, too, is that they're going to, like, these these dudes, like these SWAT guys or whatever that are coming yeah. with the Federation here, they are just bad at their jobs. Oh, man, they're bad at their jobs. Um, you know, Riker, we're already in the heart of the enemy base. Do you want a helmet? <laughs> No, no, I have Worf. What was that, sir? Nothing. <laughs> Those things are made out of space fabric, right? Blast resistant, shrapnel resistant. Oh, no, a plant went right through this the other week. <laughs> thorn right in my leg. Almost died. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, we, we'd have nothing for this. <laughs> uh, so many questions. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect them to break out, like, Federation combat suits for this or nothing. Like, I understand yeah. budget, but at the same time... I like this. He's like, it's our duty to think of a, uh, about escape. And Picard's like, I love this. yeah, like, uh, Beverly's like, he there. might, he's probably going to kill you, bro. <laughs> Leave it to Picard to like throw in that British upper lip. Like, yeah. oh, well, that's probably your reason to escape then. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> possibly the best thing about this episode. So um, Look, see, he can draw. He's not all bad. But he trusts me now. He gave me his dream journal, I guess. No, yeah, no one who can draw could be an evil man. <laughs> it's it's kind of wet. Don't smell it. Um, yeah, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> That's kind of wet. Don't smell it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So here we get, like, these. She's okay, like, yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious about this. And Beverly's like, I, I have something emotional I need to tell you, Picard. And the lights go out. And you're like, really? You going to feels block us? Yeah, that's. I was invested in this episode suddenly was, and for yeah, almost no, half a I second. Was in. I, was, I was really on the edge of my seat, and then they did this. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It's oh, Props to now. Finn, though. He has a hostage. The lights go out. He's like, oh, I got to kill my hostage. Fuck yeah. yeah. This is what hostage takers are supposed to do. Yeah, was that a noise? Yeah. Hostage dead. I mean, that's what you do when you're a hostage guy. Oh, fal false alarm. It's just the refrigerator acting up again. Well, we won't lose more hostages this way. <laughs> I, I mean, what is it? Your your refrigerator fails in the middle of a hostage situation? Or it's the cops cutting the power to swarm the place? It's always the cops. It's yeah, never it's all, the yeah. refrigerator. It's, it's, yeah, it's totally always the cops cutting the power. I was so proud of Finn, but then he's like, wait, wait, yeah, wait like, for it. Like, yeah, he doesn't just walk in and shoot him. Like, he, he kind of lets it be melodramatic. So, another melodramatic... P yeah. person with a gun can like fire first yeah and you're and, gonna yeah <laughs> i mean and she could have just taken the shot like yeah. it would have been great if she just taken the shot and missed it like went over picard's shoulder yeah. picard's like what the fuck <laughs> finn turns around and she pegs him <laughs> center yeah. of mass but you She's also like, get the fact that neither of the federation operatives like said anything um like hey don't yeah. kill him like where was your whole uh i love life you know when you were a hostage but she says, "Hey, look, I um, I knew I knew what, what I did because he would have either been a fo it was a choice between focus of violence or making him water, and this was hopefully the better one." And it's a distinction which means nothing to us. Yeah. So other than the look fact at those that Finn's guys dead, in the background they could totally walk up to this kid and take that weapon. 
They could shoot him dead, yeah. They could shoot him dead. No, not even shoot him dead. Like, he's not even looking at them. He doesn't know they exist. Just walk up behind the kid. He could still get a shot off. No, they don't know he's behind there. The kid doesn't know. Look, if he is willing to react to things as quickly as Finn does. look, he's like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, he's like... So, um... They could have so, totally, like, snuck up on this kid. But that standoff I, I works, the, but the lesson we yeah. take from it is completely irrelevant. None of this matters. Yeah. Like, violence yeah. is bad. It sucks. Maybe sometimes people choose not to do violence. Or although that's that was, a completely... Or maybe he'll regret shooting you till the day he dies. <laughs> I guess maybe you arresting those kids earlier was cool. I don't know. No, no one's learned anything. Nothing was learned. Yeah. Just, um terrorism there was bad. A, oh man what was that sometimes cops are mean but it's cool <laughs> if they arrest kids because kids yo you guys did you guys yeah, see good kid, morning vietnam kid, yeah, that was a good one can, kids can set bombs up that's fine <laughs> hugs on the bridge just, punches um, on the bridge yeah we gloss over the fact that Picard punched a dude on the bridge like that's, uh, yeah. that's some that was wild and I, I kept a real sharp eye out for this whole thing but i still found no room for a crying game joke <laughs> i try yeah well you know you can only do what you can Indeed. So, uh, yeah, this episode's over. Everyone Final gets a thoughts? wheelchair, and Crusher gets like just this little hump. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> smiles. We fly away. We never think of it again. Yeah. So we're yeah. still complicit in all of the atrocities here, and we'll never talk about it ever. But no, sometimes those kids will have a phaser, so it's totally cool to wrap them up. And the police are the good guys. That's you know we got it. We're good. <laughs> yeah, Next planet. Everybody wins. Next planet. So next episode, I mean, I su- um, uh, do you have any final thoughts on this? Are we good? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I, uh, it, you know, like I, I mentioned, it's not a very good science fiction, you know, show. Um, I get that it has a message, so they got half of a good Star Trek episode right. Um, but uh, it's, I, you know, I, I, I liked. I mean, I think that it's. A conversation worth it's a message worth having for sure and there was kind of some subtleties here about you know are civilians complicit in like government actions was that um, that question that's and... uh, whatever <laughs> um but yeah it's more just an action-paced thing i think it's clumsy uh i i like the hunted better than i like this episode even though they're both kind of in the same vein yeah i get you um, you know, Star Trek episode commenting on military real things happening. Yeah, um, yeah but that's pretty much my final thoughts. I'd, I'd prefer The Hunted. Yeah, yeah, ditto. So uh, next week, I believe we have Q who? Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> Q comes back. Uh, I've been looking, so uh, since The Hunted, this, this tile in Netflix has been catching my eye. And For good reason. Yeah, yeah, because uh, what we see, what Netflix shows us, is Picard in his in his kind of hands on his hips, nanny. Now listen here, you, um, you know, stance. Riker also not taking none of it, and Q in a poncho, a multicolored poncho, playing a trumpet, obviously giving no bucks. Um, this is what we get from Netflix. Much to Captain Picard's displeasure. Q reappears on the Enterprise claiming to have been ejected from the Q continuum and stripped of his powers. Um, yeah, probably not true. <laughs> uh, 
you know, it's probably some weird Puckian plot, maybe some Shakespeare lines thrown in, and um, I predict by the end of the episode he's back in the Q continuum with his powers if it wasn't a lie to begin with. Fair enough. We will see you next week. And until then, remember Rand. Remember Rand. Hey, I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We've watched Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember...